Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark with Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and uh, you put the two of us together, it doesn't matter what, you're still going to come up with stuff you should know. That's right. For better or for worse. That's right, man. Yep. You're stuck with me. How are you, sir? Tickled. Tickled How are you? Uh, I'm great. I'm ready to to save some lives with this here podcast today. You know, it's entirely possible that we could. You never know. Like, we could tell somebody how to do the basics of CPR, and we should see a way. I see you even have it written down. Like, yeah. if you are interested in being a, an above-average human being mm-hmm. by taking the time to be taught how to um, save someone's life using cardiopulmonary resuscitation, mm-hmm. you should do that. that totally should. Genuinely, you are a better person for that. Um, you can go to heart.org, uh-huh. it's the American Heart Association's website, type in your zip code, and it will bring up tons of free classes that you can go to at your convenience and become certified in CPR. Yeah, you should do that because not only could you maybe be a hero and save some stranger's life, but if you care about the people around you, wouldn't you love to be able to save their life? Exactly. At a moment's notice. Exactly. Like, it's almost, to me, it's like giving blood. It's like... It's almost a human requirement in this day and age. You give blood? Of course I do. I, I keep my blood. Yumi gives blood. <laughs> She's always like, don't you want to, too? I'm, eh, eh. You should get blood. I know I should. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what my blood type is. There's a pretty good reason to give blood. <laughs> Just to find out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you test that, too? Yeah. How am I doing? <laughs> how am I doing? <laughs> and where's uh, the Nutter Butters? Yeah. That's a that's a bonus too. I always feel guilty when Yumi shares her nutter butters with me. Really? I'm like I didn't earn these; these are yours. What does she bring them home, or do you like go and drop her off and then just sit with your arms crossed while she gives blood? B. <laughs> All right, let's, you ready? Yeah, man. Let's let's, let's CPR it. Oh, so we're still in the middle of a COA. Um, like this is oh, in sure. no way intended to replace one of those classes. Like, no, no, no. You listen to this podcast, you're not certified, pal. No. You're possibly a bigger danger than, you know, before. You're certifiable, but you're not certified. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this is intended to, to, I guess, maybe just kind of go over the absolute basics of CPR um, and hopefully pique your interest enough to get you to go out and take a real class. So that's what we're doing here today. Yeah. I took, uh, when I life, uh, lifeguarded, I obviously took CPR then, but mm-hmm. it's been, that's been a while. Yeah. I was like 20 years old, you know. So why are you always walking around in nothing but a bathing suit? <laughs> I don't know, man. With the lanyard and the whistle. <laughs> yeah. I thought you still were a lifeguard. No. What are you doing then? I don't know. I just like to keep it, uh, uh, skin. skin Mal- Malibu style. Malibu style. Um, skin to win, as my friend says. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So are you familiar with the heart? Uh, I am. Okay. Well, then this won't come as any surprise. The heart has a little part of it that's called the pacemaking area, mm-hmm. the sinoatrial node, the SA node. Yes. And the SA node produces a burst of electricity uh-huh. that stimulates the muscles in the heart that cause it to pump, usually about mm, on the low side, uh, once a second. Okay. That would mean that you have a heartbeat of about 60 beats per minute. Yes. Which is low on the, that's good for resting. Um, if you're active, it's a little low. Yeah. 
But you have this this thing, this SA node that that produces electricity and it produces it in a reliable rhythm. But certain conditions, say like dehydration, uh, stress, mm-hmm. all sorts of things, can cause your SA node to go a little haywire, and all of a sudden it's shooting out bursts of electricity in a really weird pattern, no pattern at all. Yeah. And when that happens, usually your heart, the pump weakens, the pump mechanism weakens. Right. So it's going, and it's not really beating at all. I mean, it's beating, but it's not really pumping any blood. Yeah. What you're in the middle of is called sudden cardiac arrest. Yes. And that is different, this article points out, than a heart attack. Right. Um, if you have a heart attack, that is something that happens very slowly over time, mm-hmm. uh, and then you will eventually have the heart attack. That's sort of the end result of that slow build. And usually it's, your heart's not pumping blood because it's backed up. Yeah. With the sudden cardiac arrest, your heart is going haywire and it's trying to pump blood, but it, it doesn't have the strength to anymore because the electrical current is being distributed incorrectly. That's right. Are you familiar with defibrillators? I am. You know, they have one here in the office. In AED. Well, they save lives. Sure. Um, If you hit somebody with an AED, with a defibrillator, which is another thing you need to be trained on before you really try using it. Clear. That's all I can do. Right. (laughs) And you want to be clear, too. You don't want to be touching the body when that (laughs) goes off. But you put one paddle over the heart and one paddle over the other side. So the middle of the chest and then on the left side of the person. Yeah. And you, you know shoot the charge through. And what you're doing is not starting the heart. You're actually turning the heart off. Yeah, I think everybody that doesn't know about defib- defibrillators, def- boy, I know it's going to have trouble with that. It's a tough word. I think most people think that, it, yeah, your heart stopped and it kicks it back, kickstarts it back up. Right. Not true. No, it turns it off. Yeah. In the hopes that it'll start back up at a nor- normal rhythm. Yeah, like it resets the pace. Right, and it frequently works. Um, but uh, that's just so surprising to me. It's such a gamble. It's like, well, the heart's not doing very well right now, so we're just going to shut it off and see what happens. Yeah, that is weird. Um, sadly, if you have uh, sudden cardiac arrest, you have about a 5% chance of surviving mm-hmm. because it is out of the blue. Uh, it can occur to a very healthy person. Um, it can occur with young people, old people, any kind of person. Yeah, it's not just like heart disease it's not no. it's a part of heart disease frequently but it, like like i said it can result from dehydration when your electrolytes are off yeah um the good news if if you have uh, a heart attack or a myocardial infarction um <laughs> is that you have pretty good chance of surviving that actually yeah and you know turning your life around with diet and maybe get some stents thrown in there and teaching english to prisoners <laughs> yeah maybe so uh but all of this is leading up to the fact that CPR is something that you can increase somebody's chances who has sudden cardiac arrest. Right. Here's the whole point of CPR. The moment somebody drops dead in front of you or you come across somebody uh, who's dying or dead or unconscious, I guess is a better way to put it. Yeah. Like time is of the essence. Their blood is no longer pumping through their body. Their yeah. brain is becoming starved. They're, they, they're at risk of becoming brain damaged. And usually you hear it's there's like a five minute window where like you really have the opportunity to save someone's life, right? Yeah. So whether it's running, somebody's running to get the defibrillator or waiting for nine one one to arrive, waiting for the paramedics to arrive, the whole point of CPR is to pump blood through the body to keep this person in this basic, minimal, artificial state of life. Yeah. 
so that real medical help can be administered. Yeah, you're just trying to stave off uh, death, basically, for as long as you can until you can get some help. And and this is nothing new, right? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of history I dug up. Apparently, uh, the prophet Elisha in the Bible is described as performing mouth-to-mouth on a child. Neat. Who knows what that meant? Uh, in <laughs> 1740, the Paris Academy of Sciences, like, you know, it was the Bible. It said he placed his mouth upon the child's mouth and stuff like that. But who knows if it was, you know. Like Did they CPR. describe what was wrong with the child or? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm sure. Uh, gotcha. The child was not doing well. I gotcha. Uh, in the 1740, the Paris Academy of Sciences first recommended mouth-to-mouth for drowning victims. Yeah, because apparently up to that point, I was like, oh, you're drowned, so that's it for you. Yeah. We're not even going to try anything. Maybe we'll hit you with some sticks. <laughs> 1891, uh, Dr. Frederick Moss performed the first documented chest compressions on a human. And sadly, it was 1923 years later, 24 years stopped, later, he gave up. that Dr. George Kreil first reported a successful resuscitation from chest compression. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a work in progress. It was very much was because, and uh, it wasn't until 1956, even though mouth to mouth was a thing, uh, that that Peter uh, Safar and James Elam are credited with inventing it as modern CPR. And the 50s and 60s is where they really uh, perfected it. Like 1960s when CPR was officially like named and developed. Right, and then shortly after that came Recessa Annie. <laughs> yeah. And the little kid with the uh, jumpsuit. That's right. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's just a little background. Right, so it's it's been around for a little while. Yeah. But the point's always been the same. It's like somebody's in an emergency situation, and <clears throat> you need to basically stave off death. That's right. So, uh, Chuck, let's say that uh, you come into the podcast recording booth, and you see me just laying on the floor. What, what are you going to do? Well, I would scream and, <laughs> and cry out in, in agony and shock, firstly. Okay. I'd be very upset. And then the first thing I would do would say, would be to say, Jerry, for God's sakes, put down the beer and call 911. Right. Immediately. See, I would, I would suspect that Jerry would have known I was in here unconscious the whole time. Well, that's time. why she's drinking the beer. Right. She's just she's celebrating. She got it from my desk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, first first thing you want to do is is call nine one one and get some experienced uh, some experienced help there from a. Well, that's that's after you've poked me in the face and said, Josh, Josh, and yeah. looked at my chest, seen that it's not rising or falling, and noted that I'm a little more blue than usual. Yeah, I would yell to call nine one one first. Okay. Personally. Okay. But yeah, you're supposed to check the person. Uh, if it's a child or a baby, they say, never ever shake them. Right, no. Uh, just stroke them and see if they respond. Yeah, and go, Maybe, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Do something like that, see if you get a response. And if it is clear that this person is not breathing and they uh, don't look like their heart is beating. Another big one is that chest rising and falling. Because sure. if you come across somebody and they're just dead drunk, that's different from dead. Yeah, that's true. And I've seen that too. Not, okay. not from you, but. No, no. Not in the podcast. <laughs> uh, and there's a couple of different types of, uh, or there's different types of CPR. Um, and depending on how trained you are is one you would, uh, which one you would undertake. Right. So you've just, de- you've determined I'm unconscious. Yeah. 
Uh, you don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm blue. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry is off dialing 911, finishing her beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are, let's say that you have never done anything but heard of CPR. Right. What kind of CPR should you employ? Uh, that means, and this is from the Mayo Clinic. They know a thing or two about this. Sure. That would be what's known as an untrained person. And uh, I would only perform the the hands-only resuscitation. Which we'll, we'll describe in detail. That's right. Um, and then let's say that you've had some training before, but it's been a while. Well, that's me. Okay. I'm trained but rusty. Right. Um, and they say, still just use the hands-only. Don't get cocky. Yeah, don't, don't think you remember all that lifeguarding stuff. Let's say you had just gotten out of a CPR class and this happened. You would be trained but confident. <laughs> that is right. And that means that you can perform full CPR mm-hmm. uh, with rescue breathing. And, you know, that's great. That means you're 100% confident and you're delivering 100% of your knowledge. Right. And then if you have access to an AED, where is the one in this office? Oh, well, I know where it used to be until we uh, redid the kitchen. Oh, yeah. oh was it in there? It used to be in the oh, break yeah, room. Oh, yeah, it was. That's right. Right by the, the don't... Uh, Massage your coworker poster. <laughs> yeah. What's that called? The, uh, you know, when you, the, the warning basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> says, With like, like the, <laughs> the drawings and all that. Inappropriate touching. I always, uh, I always was caught, my, my, um, attention was always gotten by the, um, the labor laws yeah. poster for some reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. OSHA. Maybe. Yeah. Um, that's where it was. I don't know where it is now. It's probably in our, in our new smaller, break room. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so if you have access to an AED, you want to actually deliver one shock and then start CPR. And that's if you know absolutely you're in your train, you know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. But you don't want to waste time looking for a pulse. They used yeah. to always say, check for a pulse. Don't bother. No, because they found out that people were spending a lot more time than they should trying to find a pulse. Yeah. And just basically wasting time. I think basically if you can look at somebody, see their chest isn't moving, you don't need to look for a pulse. Yeah. I mean, if I was on the ground, the last thing I would want to hear as I'm fading out is, I can't quite tell. Is that a pulse? Right. Come here. What does that feel like a pulse? Would you call this pulse thready? Yeah. And then you're down there just going, just please start compressions. Right. So the uh, the American Heart Association said, you know what? Let's just uh, go around this. And really focus on the chest compressions. Over time, they've, they, in 2010, yeah. they really changed everything. They did. And said, just do chest compressions. Anything else is like additional, but just do chest compressions. Yeah. And, um, so well, what, let's, let's talk about chest compressions. Well, before we do the chest compressions, if I came in here, luckily we have a nice flat, uh, first oh, grade yeah. carpet type of scene Good in here. Yeah. Um, so I would not have to move you, um, but I do want to get you on your back on a flat, hard surface. Uh, if you're face down, yeah, then that's sad for you. And I would uh, gently roll you. Actually, I'd probably do it like quicker. Well, you want to really be careful to support the neck. Yeah. Because if somebody already has a neck injury, you can make it way worse if you just flop them around. Yeah, or if they have a you know a piece of steak stuck in their throat. Yeah. You know, you don't want to get it lodged further. So you want to support the head and neck as you pull the person toward you. Yeah. So that they're on their back now. That's right. All right. And since 2010, it used to be the ABC method, Mm -hmm. airway, breathing, circulation. They have now revised that to the cab method. Yeah. And airway meant that you would stick your finger down the person's throat to see if there was anything you could dislodge, like they'd passed out from choking. 
uh, now it's just basically chest compressions in the AB. Um, Come second. Yeah, and like, like scraping out the airway and then breathing, rescue breathing. Mm-hmm. You don't even do those if you don't know what you're doing. It's all chest compression. That's right. But the new order, once again, just remember, think cab. I've got to call a cab. ABC but was. Don't, pre- don't call a cab. They'll we'll just waste time. They won't know what you're talking about. That's right. So with chest compressions, we talked a lot about it. Uh, what you want to do is you want to, uh, kneel near the, uh, neck and shoulders. Yeah. You've probably seen this on TV. Uh-huh. It's pretty accurate, usually. Uh, put the heel of your hands, uh, on top of one another. Mm-hmm. In the center of the chest, midway between the nipples. So one palm down, the heel of your hand, yep. in the middle of the chest, the, your other hand over it. So you're That's just right. really forming this really solid piece of hand. That's right. Uh, you want to keep your elbows straight like they do on TV. So you're not using all of your arms. You're actually using your body weight mm-hmm. to compress the chest, um, I think, how many inches? One to two inches for an adult. You want to compress it down one to two inches. That's right. Which That's got to seem like a lot. What if you're the person on the ground? No, if like yeah, if you're oh if you're, if you're making a compression like pushing somebody's chest in two yeah. inches, that's significant, you know. Yeah, and that's why you got to put all your body into it. Keep those arms, elbows locked. Yep, and uh, nice and rigid. Oh, and if you're in Canada or the UK, you want to compress someone's chest two point five four centimeters to five point oh eight centimeters. That's what that's what we're saying when we're saying one to two inches. Yeah, it's in this case, it's much easier to learn inches. I think so. Uh, you want to make these chest compressions about a hundred times a minute, mm-hmm. which is not, we have a, what, a base 60 minute, 60 second minute. So a hundred seems weird to us, right? Yeah. How do you, how do you keep that rhythm in your head? It sounds unbelievable, <laughs> but you want to hum the song in your head, staying alive by the Bee Gees. Right. It actually is 103 beats per minute. So if you can hit that song, mm-hmm. huh? Huh. Staying alive, pump, staying alive. Pump, 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 you will pump, uh, pump, staying alive. Pump, pump, yeah. pump, pump. And don't like about that fast. Don't hold that pump on the alive. No. You want to keep it going. <laughs> keep it going. You're gonna hit a hundred, a hundred and three chest compressions a minute. Yeah, that's. Okay. It's so awesome that it's staying alive. I know, and and they they chose a great song because most people know that song, right. and they say most people can remember the pace of that song, and it's right, you know, kind of right at the hundred. To 103 beats per minute. So you're doing pretty well there. Right. And if you have a baby on your hands, um, you want to do chest compressions using the same techniques. Yeah. But you only want to compress the chest about um, one inch, I believe. One uh, and a half inches. Yeah, one and a half. And you're using your two, your middle finger and your index finger rather than your the heels of your hands. Yeah. But you're still doing it in the middle of the chest, in between the nipples, one and a half inch compressions, 100 a minute. Yeah, and just less aggressive, you know. Yeah, and, and you want to support the baby's head while you're doing it, too. Basically, you want to lay them across, like, the length of your forearm with yeah. their head in your hand. I cannot imagine anything more horrifying than performing CPR on a baby. No. But it's good to know, for sure. Um, what you're doing here is you are basically squeezing the heart between the breastbone and the backbone mm-hmm. to artificially get blood out of it moving through the body, that oxygenated blood. And, uh, like, are you literally trying to re- re- get the heart going again or no. just deliver oxygen until someone gets there? Defibrillation is what gets the heart going. All you're doing is distributing oxygenated blood through the body. Okay. Like, when the heart pumps, mm-hmm. it doesn't make a whole circuit through your body. 
it just pumps the blood a little bit, yeah, a little, a little bit, bit, a little bit yeah. and then eventually this little segment of blood, which each, with each pump, will follow the course through the body. So you are um, oxygenating, you're, you're pumping oxygenated blood through the body. Yeah, and you can go to handsonlycpr.org. It's a good uh, website to reinforce this. Mm-hmm. But again, American Red Cross is where you want to go to get a regular class. Right. And get certified. And they will teach you also rescue breathing too. Yeah. Because- you're, I guess, then oxygenating the blood. You're allowing the blood to be oxygenated yeah. by introducing air into the lungs. That is very true. So, yeah, all you're doing is just keeping, like, the the body, like, probably specifically the brain fed with blood. Yes. Yeah. CPR. Yeah. That's what you're doing. So, um, why wouldn't somebody want to do this? Uh well, the, one of the first things I looked up was lawsuits because I don't, I never knew if it was true or not, but you always hear about people like, I'm not, you know, I don't want to get sued. Mm-hmm. I don't want to perform CPR on that person. There's something called the Good Samaritan Laws. Yeah. Have you heard of these? Uh-huh. That's and, what, the, remember the, the last episode of Seinfeld? They all got convicted oh, on right. a Good Samaritan Law. <laughs> yeah, there's various uh, incarnations of Good Samaritan Laws, but in the case of CPR, it protects people that perform CPR if they are... Generally, if they are um, medically trained. Oh, so like if you have a CPR certification, you'd be protected. You would be protected, and um, and it has to be. Uh, it must be the person's. Just it must be like if you try to save me, it's got to be your idea. Like, hey, I'm just going to go save this guy, mm-hmm. and someone didn't drag you over there and say he's a doctor, and you can't actually be a doctor and be still be protected, like in the hospital. Like, it doesn't cover, you know, oh, hospitals yeah. and stuff, obviously. because right. that's their job. They're not just being a good Samaritan. Yeah, it's got to be entirely voluntary. And um, certain states, this is a state thing, obviously, certain states are now enacting laws that protect anyone. I know Pennsylvania passed one last year yeah. that even if you're not certified, if you give it the old college try, then you can't be sued. That's good. Which is which is great. You know, you want people diving in there. Man, can you imagine, like, you saved my life, but I didn't ask you to, so I'm suing you. Yeah. Um, I also went to the Freakonomics site because you know how they always break things down in interesting ways, like uh-huh. racially and, G- and as far as like uh, income goes. Sure. And out of 14,225 cardiac arrest patients, a bystander-initiated CPR was provided 28.6% of the time. Wow. And uh, That's it? Yeah. And in low-income black neighborhoods, low-income white neighborhoods, and low-income integrated neighborhoods – and high-income black neighborhoods, uh, your odds of getting uh, CPR performed were way less um, than uh, high-income white neighborhoods and high-income integrated neighborhoods. I wonder why. I don't know. But Freakonomics is always studying all that stuff and how it affects, you know, the United States, like, economically and racially. So I thought that yeah. was kind of interesting. Um, you know... There's a lot of people who also, for a long time, worried about um, catching a disease. Yeah. Um, oh, from like mouth to mouth. Yeah, which is another reason. Apparently, the uh, Heart Association said let's just do chest compressions only. Like you're not right. going to catch anything. But supposedly, there's no documented case of anyone catching anything serious from giving mouth to mouth or rescue breathing. So, nothing to worry about there either. That's good. Although I think if you do that to a drowning victim, a near drowning victim, like they often spit up stuff. So you might get a Face full of seawater, but frankly, it's a small price to pay. For being a hero. Exactly. Uh, have you ever seen this go down? Heimlich in, in or life? CPR or anything? Yeah. No, not in person. I haven't either. 
I can't imagine that would be. And I have friends who have like seen stuff like this and like in restaurants, or I think I had one friend that saw some guy like drop dead on the beach and some guy brought him back to life. Neat. Yeah, I would love to be there. I'd love to do it, but yeah. If, well, we can start looking for situations. Would you jump in there? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like to think I would. Sure, I would. I, I, I think if someone else was really confident ahead of me, I wouldn't like shove them aside. <laughs> Step aside. Right. I'm going to try my hand at this. But uh, I would. Sure, I would definitely. Do, I would definitely get in there. Right on. And that, well, that's, we should also say that probably accounts for a lot of the reasons why people don't do it. Yeah. Is because they think they would, and then it happens, and they are frozen in panic or terror or. Yeah whatever. Yeah. So that's apparently one of the things this article says is that's another reason why people aren't thinking. Like you said to yourself when you came into the podcast booth, you screamed. Luckily, and I screamed you for, shook it off. I screamed for Jerry. Right. But yeah, you shook it off and like started to think, but you screamed. Yeah. Uh, if you want to learn more about CPR, yeah, you can go to HowStuffWorks.com and type that word in the search bar. We strongly urge you instead, or in addition to, Go to uh, www.heart.org and look for a CPR course near you and take it. Uh, and I said org, so that means it's time for listener mail. <laughs> org. Uh, yeah, Josh, this is uh, perfect timing for this email, and it just came in actually a couple of days ago. And it is sad, but this guy wanted to get the message out. And this is from Dan in Austin. Uh, guys have been meaning to write for ages with little bits and pieces that I picked up from working as a travel photographer in Indonesia for almost 20 years. However, events this past summer uh, made these uh, seem like trivialities and has taken this long to complete the email. In July of last year, while playing with friends in the backyard, my 16-year-old daughter suffered a sudden cardiac arrest and collapse. Oh, my God. Uh, despite the best efforts of those around her, they, will not able, uh, they were not able to recover her pulse, and she passed on. Uh, we would never uh, know the exact nature of the attack, but have since discovered such attacks, which can be due to a number of causes, are alarmingly and tragically frequent in healthy young adults. Uh, although broadly defined by either structural defects or faults within the electrical circuits that coordinate the heart's muscles, uh, essential beats, sudden cardiac arrest, uh, which what we've been talking about here, uh, strikes down between 4,000 and 7,000 children every year in the U.S. alone. Jeez. You, like we said, you know, like this guy's daughter was totally healthy, 16-year-old. Uh, unlike many of the uh, diseases and conditions that you have covered on the show, with SCA, the first symptoms of a life-threatening condition may be at the time of death. Uh, even equipped with resuscitation equipment, survival rates are terrifyingly small. And without any equipment, they're almost non-existent. Uh, there are tests, however, that can be done once kids reach a certain age, about 14, when the heart has reached its adult size. But as individuals walking in off the street, the cost of these tests uh, may seem prohibitively expensive to parents who are not adequately informed of the hidden dangers that their children face. Uh, there are, however, incredible organizations out there that are working to change both the public awareness and the risks of SCA and are also conducting screening programs to get as many children as possible checked for no cost. All right. So one of these, coincidentally, is in Austin where he lives, and he came out to our variety show, by the way. Oh, yeah? Uh, it's called the Championship Hearts Foundation, and that is championshipsheartsfoundation.org. That's hearts plural. Um, and they have the express purpose of making cardiac screening affordable and accessible to as many families as possible, and frequently conducts uh, community screenings around Central Texas, where they see like 500 kids a day. Um, 
Well, when I can tell you that they can find the presence of some form of potentially fatal cardiac condition in one out of every 200 kids or less, you can appreciate the value of their mission. Uh, for all these kids and their families, this means the saving of a life. Uh, with proper diagnosis and treatment, many children identify go on to live healthy lives and active lives. So had I been better informed, guys, uh, of this potentially fatal yet silent dangers that lurk unseen, I would have made sure to have my daughter scanned uh, just as I will have my son scanned when they're old enough. I hope that every parent listening does the same. So that is Dan. Thanks, Dan. And that is championshipheartsfoundation.org. And he said there's lots of good organizations. And I didn't know about that. Yeah. And if I ever have kids, that's something that I am going to have done when they reach the right age. Yeah. Maybe we should just start grabbing random kids off the street and having them screen. Have you been checked? No. I bet a lot of parents have no idea about this. It's yeah. very sad. Yeah. Well, I'm, thank you very much, Dan, for letting everybody know. That was a great, great letter. Yeah. We corresponded a couple of times over the past few days and just unbelievable what he went through. Very good guy. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, Thank you for writing in. If you have a, a story that you think everybody needs to know about that no one does, uh, we want to help you get the word out. Heck yeah. Um, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. Send us an email to stuffpodcast at discovery.com. And uh, you can always find us on the web at stuffyoushouldknow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places.